You're listening to the Real Reading Podcast. Hello and welcome to the 134th episode of the Real Reading Podcast with me, Tom Canning. And me, Hugh Fault. Uh, make sure you give us a follow on Twitter at Real Reading Pod and you can join our Facebook group uh, called the Real, Reading Face- the Real Reading Podcast Group. Not the Real Reading Facebook Podcast Group, that was something else entirely. Um, Hugh, you're back. Hello. I am back, yes. Good to be back. It's been a long, long time. Long time. Been about been about two months since you've graced podcast not that we've we've only had one in that time anyway but um, <laughs> but there we go um i'll just let you know what's coming up this week we continue with our new feature building a reading citizen um, we look at the news that the garrard street car park is coming down and we chat to Anne nolan from the excellent two rivers press um before that though um hugh your fellow reporter sophie drew uh went to uh the homecoming of olympic champion tom dean on Monday night. Uh, Here she is with how her experience went. Sophie Drew, welcome to the Real Reading Podcast. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Not bad, not bad at all. I just I can see the sun is shining in my face on the screen, but other than that, it's all uh, it's all good. You, you've come on, we're, we're a little bit outside of what we would normally talk about, but you've been to meet some Olympic superstars this week, Berkshire-based Olympic superstars. Um, what, what did you do? What have you done? So I was invited to a party for Tom Dean's homecoming, the legendary Tom Dean, Uh, For those of you that don't know who he is, he has just become a double Olympic champion on his Olympic debut uh, in Tokyo. So he won the 200 metre freestyle and one of the relays as well. So um, he's from Maidenhead and uh, I interviewed his mum a couple of weeks before I went along to the party (laughs) and she is the coolest lady ever. I'm obsessed with her. I absolutely love her. Um, And they're just a really lovely family. So I was invited along and it was crazy. It was absolutely crazy the way that the, the community kind of celebrating this achievement. It was madness. There were so many kids there, all kids that were swimmers at his, uh, his club wanting to try on all the medals and things like that. And honestly, like he, he lives on this, this big road and he couldn't even get down the road in the car on the way back from the airport because there were so many people. He had to get out and he had to walk. Um, just press. Everybody was there to came out to kind of celebrate what he'd achieved because it's amazing it's, it's fantastic and did you did you get to meet the great man i did very briefly he was very very busy uh we got to take a selfie together okay and i'm i'm i met his family more than him so i spoke to his dad a bit spoke to his mum a tiny bit and then i interviewed her before as well i spoke to his sister nancy and his brother as well and they were really they were all just a lovely family that's what everyone had to say about them is that you know, they are actually just a really nice family in general. And, um, and yeah, that, I mean, that's always nice to hear, isn't it? Like yeah. all the things that they were doing. 
um, in the communities and also just like really humble kids. So there's five of them in the, like it's in five children in the family. And, uh, and instead of having pocket money, apparently they used to be like sent out busking because they could all play musical instruments in like Windsor and places like that. So you might literally might have spotted Tom Dean before just in a completely different setting, doing something completely different, which I think is quite cool. And so, were you were you watching when he was when he was when were you watching the Olympics? I, I must admit, I've struggled to to be able to with a, with a small child. It's made it much more difficult with it being late at night. Um, but have, have you been into it? Uh, yes, I have. I mean, I've been following it quite a lot. Mostly the Berkshire and Buckinghamshire people. Um, but the for context, I live in Buckinghamshire, <laughs> <laughs> so so mostly kind of the the home home people but um but yeah i've been enjoying quite a bit of it um i've been watching a lot of stuff in the aquatic center obviously tom dean and then tom daly as well the toms tom d's are seemingly doing incredibly well um, so yeah i've been i've been watching bits of it but his race was incredible so he was racing against his housemate and goes to buckinghamshire uh, buckinghamshire bath university right. sorry goes to bath university and um his housemate uh, is I think he's about 18 and Tom Dean is 21 and they were racing oh, against each other in the 200 meter freestyle final and uh, and everyone kind of thought he was going to Tom Dean was going to come away with silver because Duncan had beaten him time and time again in that race apparently I mean I don't follow swimming that closely but from what I can gather that was what was happening and um and it honestly if there'd have been a couple more meters <laughs> maybe would have been a different result but it, it, incredible it was a very well swum race even me who doesn't know a huge amount about swimming i really enjoyed watching it i've become an expert <laughs> on every sport during the olympics i just love it <laughs> it's, it's 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 fantastic fun isn't it so and and sophie so what is your, your this is the first time you've been on our podcast you've been how long have you been working um at berkshire live slash buckinghamshire live so I started in October. So what's that? Uh, it's nearly a year. Ne- Let's call months. it that. Nearly a year. Let's call it a year. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, you know, a reasonable amount of time now, but I've never made it on the podcast. So no, well, here I am. Not for the want of trying, but you know. <laughs> um, Sophie, thanks very much for for popping on and just telling us all about your uh, your your big. Was it big Monday night? It was, wasn't it? It was, it was a big Monday night. Yeah, it was great. I mean, also all his neighbours are so friendly. Like they're just the nicest people. I felt like I was like not even press. I was just hanging out with my mates. It was great. It sounds like house prices in down that street are going to be going through the roof. Oh. As everybody wants to. Uh... I mean, also just a lovely location in general. So I imagine they're already quite high. Just <laughs> really nice. I was blown away. I thought I want to live here, and then I remembered, wow, it's going to be expensive. <laughs> Sophie, thanks very much. No worries. <laughs> Bye. So, Sophie seems like she had a good time. Have you spoken to Sophie about it, Hugh, at all? Yes, she was ridiculously overexcited about the yes. whole thing <laughs> and now claims that his, his mother is her, quote, best friend, yes. which I remain dubious about. <laughs> um, 
Well, we will just move on into our new feature, which is building a Reading citizen. Um, last week, we suggested that um, the first part of our constitution was having a pint of something in the nags head. Uh, that was roundly voted in Twitter. Um, it was an overwhelming uh, positive for that as part of our constitution. Um, so just to explain to anybody listening for the first time, um, the, a building a Reading citizen, it, it, it is a task or a thing that someone must have completed um, to be considered a true citizen of Reading. Um, we'll be asking for the public vote uh, each week on whether the particular item becomes part of the constitution. Um, and Hugh, you've come up with this week's, which is... Well, I was going to say to jump off the top board at Reading Central Pool, but, but that's quite difficult to do now, considering it's not there anymore. So to go to the next obvious uh, thing to do is visit Reading Abbey and Forbury Gardens. Um, I did this the other day. Uh, I don't. Hopefully some people out there would have seen the Facebook Live video I did where I walked through one town side of town to the other highlighting a few things that were going on and I ended up I started in uh, Broad Street and walked to all the way to the Banksy where I finished um, and through there while I was doing that I went through Forbury Gardens and which is lovely and through the Abbey as well and what I really liked about it was how one minute you're in the sport the bustling urban uh place that is reading town center and then two minutes later you're in this lovely park with a lovely fountain and a massive great statue of a lion um and a, a rather sad looking mulberry tree which just fell down the other day um and then you walk through there and you're in a place that is 900 years old um and it's just the kind of extraordinary uh, change and an integral part of the town. Um, there's loads of these information boards um, in the Abbey where where you can learn all about it and you can look at these incredible ruins. Um, it doesn't take very long. I was there for maybe two or three minutes, although I was sort of walking. Um, you can obviously stop and look around and do some photos and things like that. Um, and it's just a really fascinating place and it's been uh, preserved incredibly well. And then if you want to take in another one of Reading sites, it's just down the road from the Banksy, which is also very interesting. So um, it's a really, if you've never been, you should definitely go and take in an, a place which has got a really extraordinary history about it uh, over the course of 900 years. Quite a few things have happened, including uh, heavily involving Henry VIII and um, and uh, it's really worth going to look at and see uh, if you're interested in the town and what was there before 900 years ago 900 years that's a very long time it is it is and um, thanks very much you we'll pop this uh, as a vote on our facebook group this week um, as to whether you think that a visit to reading abbey should be part of our building a reading citizen constitution um, if you've got any ideas that should be considered uh, or you just want to add your thoughts um, here is jeremy with how you can get in touch with us get in touch with the team email hello at realreadingpodcast.co.uk Find us on Twitter and Instagram at Real Reading Pod and join our Facebook group by searching Real Reading Podcast.
Thanks very much, Jeremy. Uh, welcome to part two. Headline focus this week, which coincidentally is with you, Hugh Fort. Um, our big headline focus, and it's possibly actually from last week more, but I, I, it's it's a story that uh, that I uh, I'm, I'm invested in because I hate this place. Um, it's it's Gower Street car park, which I think um, is probably one of the most expensive, and I'm, I might the, the, the lawyers might get onto me about that, um, but it's also smells dreadful um it's just a horrible horrible place to have to go and park your car you'd be much better off going and parking in reading station car park the other side or in fact any other car park anywhere in the world than garrard street car park it's it's awful <laughs> and i am delighted that it's coming down hugh forts tell me all about it yes it's not a thing of physical beauty is it <laughs> no it's no it's really not a, a throwback to the time where where architecture was not not at its peak shall we say i'm not quite sure when it was built but it it's <laughs> big and ugly and you're right it does smell um it's coming down uh from monday work will re well work will take place to to demolish it which will um see the end of this very large and you're right very expensive i think last time i looked at the cost of parking there it's something like 18 pounds a day um which is quite a lot considering what the facility is and what it offers what it offers which is a smell an unpleasant smell um but it's, yeah it's uh it's going and it's going as part of the station hill development um so across the road from there is the site for phase one of um, Station Hill, where, which used to be the old Friars Walk and uh, Telecom's house. They're now gone. The demolition they were demolished last year, um, and work has started on the first phase of that, um, which will see hundreds and hundreds. I think it's more than six hundred houses, offices, and uh, various other things being on that side of the road um so over the course of the next few months the car park will be removed um for for this is second the second phase of um station hill which i'm not quite sure if when work will start on that i don't think i don't think that's been released yet i don't know if they would want to finish the first stage or get the first stage well underway um before they start the second phase second stage but um this is something called one station hill which is uh a uh an office building which there's another 600 odd homes um proposed for this area and possibly a 200 bed bedroom hotel as well okay. um so if you imagine what that area looks like now it's kind of the whole area is kind of a, a bit grotty and full of old old there's another old office uh, building down at the bottom um on gray Greyfriars road which is also eventually going to go um and that whole develop that whole area is going to be replaced by a big shiny new uh housing housing offices um and potentially this hotel as well uh so it's a complete change to what was there before um so, so it's almost like it's such a change you can't really imagine what it's going to look like without without really when once it starts to once the once the building starts to um 
to uh, progress and you can see how it's going to look you'll, you'll be able to get some idea of what the area will will be like probably in about 10 years i guess maybe that but maybe a bit less than that now um but it's like i say it's it's certainly a very run it was even more so with that derelict shopping mall i don't think any town center really <laughs> really wants to highlight a derelict shopping mall um so that's gone um and yes, it's been replaced by thousands of uh, more than a thousand houses um or well apartments more than houses as such uh flats you know the f word in everyone in reading hates um and so yeah so garage street will be no more the project across the road will continue over the next year or so um longer than that in fact because they you know it will just carry on until it's finished essentially i don't know how long that's going to be but yeah they will see the garage we'll see the car park removed um and whether phase two starts and whether they move on to once the, once the car park is done, they move on to demolishing the other buildings towards the other end of the site um, as well, which sort of makes sense, I guess, to clear the site completely. Um, so it's ready to develop. Um, we'll have to see. But yeah, Garage Street will be no no more. It is already closed and has been for a yes. few months. Um, so don't try and park there on Monday. It's my strong advice. Um <laughs> And yeah, it'll be it'll be it'll be pulled down. There'll be a major sort of demolition job going on in the town uh, for the next few for the next few months. And I know uh, from from experience of having my desk directly opposite the first site, watching things get pulled down is quite fascinating. Um, so we'll be keeping a close eye on what's happening over over the next few months. Hugh, thanks very much. Um, comprehensive as usual. Um... I, I, I'm, I'm, it, it's, a, it's a funny one because do you, do you remember like the previous Station Hill buildings that that were in front of of the car park were, were particularly horrible as well. There was there was the bing, there was the famous bingo hall where and the bus was several, it the bus station, yeah, yeah, and where several um, where several royals went. I think to the to the was it top rank? Was that what it was? Something like that? Yeah, top yeah, top rank was down there. Yeah, they, they, and the big um, the Western Tower was there, wasn't it? Yes. Years and years ago, That's, oh, they, those buildings have all been gone for ages, haven't they? they? Yeah, you, you forget. But uh, but yeah, it's um it, it was and what I never realised back in the old days when I used to come into Reading for a for a sort of a night out was that when you were getting the bus outside the station you were actually just suspended in midair and it was all it was all kind of uh, lifted up it was it was very odd when they when they did all of that and suddenly you realised it was that very odd that was wasn't ground level it wasn't ground level and it was a lot of those I'm sure. A lot of those buildings were removed for a, a different Station Hill development, which never yes. happened. Yes. Um, so I'm sure the developer in charge of Station Hill now is very grateful for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we'll have to see. There's also the uh, health and safety investigation as well over the over the collapse, um, mm. the scaffold collapse, which is more than two years, which is more, more than two years ago now. It was on August the first, 2018. Um, and there's still an investigation going on into that. Um, so we'll have to see how what what happens there. Health and safety investigations are notoriously long. So I ask every few months and they come back to me and say, yep, still going on. And um, that's all we get. So who knows when that will be released. But yeah, a lot, a lot happening in Station Hill. And actually, I think it's one of those parts of town that people, despite constantly moaning about housing and flats and stuff like that, 
would probably say that that some having something of that nature there is better than a derelict shopping mall and a load of empty old old fashioned offices and that car park. So let's see how it goes. Hugh, thanks very much. Um, that is it for part two. Uh, in part three, we will be talking to Anne Nolan of Two Rivers Press. The Big Interview. Hi, everybody. I'm here with Anne Nolan from Two Rivers Press. Hello, Anne. Hi, Tom. Lovely to be here. Thank you for inviting uh, me. That's all right. We've, we've been trying to organise this one for a little while. I'm, I'm absolutely enthralled by Two Rivers Press. You are you are Reading's own publisher. That is that right? Yes. Yes. We, we've been based in Reading since um, 1994. We were yeah. founded by a guy who is an artist called Peter Hay. And so we've been publishing since then. We've done 160 books altogether now, I think. Wow, I know. Um, I know Hugh Fort, who is on our podcast, is a big fan of your of your books. Yes. They offer loads of uh, really great local information, and you, you, you're regularly referenced. I think perhaps we don't necessarily say it's a Two Rivers Press book often enough, but you're regularly referenced, uh, and information from your books is regularly referenced on the podcast and on the Barclay yeah. website. Uh, how does that 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 obviously doesn't necessarily generate you any any funds, I suppose. But how does it feel to be kind of uh, the, the backbone of knowledge, I, I would say? <laughs> oh, it's really great. And I mean, from a personal point of view, I've been with the press five years and I've learned so much about Reading, just working with the press, reading the backlist books and, and talking to uh, local authors. There's so many people in Reading who know so much and it's it's it's, it's really great. There's there's some really really brilliant looking titles in there. Particularly the one the one I have my eye on is uh, when Reading really rocked. Oh, is, yes. there, is there is there any that um, any that you are really keen on? What, what's your favourite? Let, let's let's start there. What's your favourite? <laughs> if you like, I guess like picking a favourite child, I suppose. Yeah. Well, I I do actually really like when Reading really rocked. That was one I worked closely on. It's written by a couple of guys who work at the Sound Machine final record shop in the house okay. I paid um and so you know they really know their stuff and they talk to people all the time who have reminiscences about local bands from I, sh I should probably um say when Reading really rocked is the live music scene in Reading from 1966 to 1976 yes. so it, it's kind of looking back at a particular era when music really became mainstream and and so and and it's not just books about reading though is it there's more to to rivers press than than just reading what what other sorts of books can people uh, would people be interested in do you think yeah we we publish around 10 books a year and that's generally um six of those might be poetry we do mm -hmm. quite a few poetry books um we do maybe one or two local interest books a year and then we also do some art books and the art books um have a, a nature focus really we have a botanical art series and in fact our best-selling book is one called botanical artistry which is by julia tricky and she teaches botanical art um, and that book has just done really well for us wow 
that's it, it, it's quite like I, I don't really know what to what to expect to kind of and I, I don't really want to get into the finances of any situation but what what, what sort of what kind of is it a sort of a a, a a good business to be in like sort of and I suppose I want to say local press but I don't think I mean local press is it is it sort of a um it, you, you, yes you won't get rich no <laughs> Um, the idea, it's a calling more than anything. Yeah, it, we do it because we love it, really. You, we we do um, we don't pay ourselves a huge amount, but we do tick over and we make mm. enough money. The thing about publishing is you have to make enough money from the books you publish in order to be able to afford to publish the next book. So it's all about keeping cash flow going, really. So if you have a handful of titles that suddenly do really well, that's really helpful. And we have received also over the years, we do sometimes get grants mm. to help us publish books, especially if they've got um, colour illustrations. We had a, a grant um, uh, to help towards the Bricks and Brickwork in Reading book, for example, because that had a lot of illustrations in it. So, and, and how do you decide what you're going to publish? How do you, how do you, do, do people pitch to you? How would some, how would I, if, so if, if me, Tom Canning, I've got an idea for a book, how would I, would I come and pitch it to you? Yes, I mean, generally people do come to us with ideas. For the poetry books, we have a poetry editor, so he, he is in charge of, mm. of choosing which poetry books we publish. On a local um, books uh, level, uh, we generally discuss ideas amongst ourselves and um, we, we tend to try and avoid the detailed historical books because they're quite specialist. We try mm. and publish books which we think will have a more broad general interest so um for example wh smiths has quite a range of our books on display so i always think would somebody who goes into wh smith to queue for the post office will they pick up this book on the shelf and find it interesting and i guess that, that's so, so sort of being in somewhere like wh smith is is quite a coup really for 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 a local publisher is that fair Yes, I mean, it's it's great for us. I mean, it's, it's quite unusual because I think the Reading branch of Smith's has a very big book department and that's mm. actually quite unusual for Smith's. Most Smith's don't do that and they don't take local books, but <laughs> ours, ours does. Um, and, and during lockdown, they remained open because they had the post office and yeah. they put the local history books, they've put them face out right by the post office queue. So that's oh, been... Wow. It's been great. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so just you, you just kind of bring up the lockdown there. How how has the how has the pandemic been for for the for the press? I mean, I presume people like TV were picking up more books. I, I would yeah. guess. I mean, the first two or three months were bad. You know, printers were not necessarily open. The book distributors had a dodgy couple of weeks. The post wasn't even being delivered for a while. But then, <laughs> But then, yes, people started to want to read more books. Um, so, and also, people want to support small local independent businesses and publishers. So, um, we've had a lot of a lot more orders through our website, um, which is really great. I think people are not ordering, trying to not order through Amazon. They're trying to support their local publishers, booksellers, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So yes, our web sales are doing really well, and and we had a good year in the end. Oh, fantastic! That's well. I mean, that's good news. Um, and I, I suppose you you can't. I can't really talk to you about um people who submit books to you and stuff like that uh, uh, without kind of asking that. Like, is is the one that got away? 
that maybe thought, oh, that's not going to do anything? Is, is, there, is there one that maybe went somewhere else and went like, you know, I'm not necessarily talking your Harry Potter or anything like that, but is, is there one that maybe got away from you? I was talking to our book designer last week and, and she um, she sometimes does book design for people who self-publish. So sometimes yeah. if we don't take a book on, she will kind of produce it on somebody else's behalf. And one of the people she worked with, whose book we didn't do, apparently they've sold 700 copies of their book. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, it's really hard to know in advance. But we have to try and... Um, we can't just publish anything. We have to sort of stick to certain topics and themes for in order for our list to make sense as a whole. So if it's not yeah. local interest or one of our art subject areas or poetry, then it's difficult for us to take on. So is, is that what you would, what, and what would you say to anybody that was kind of thinking about putting a, putting a, a proposal into you what, what would you be is, is that what you those are the things you're looking for is there anything specific or what would catch your eye like almost like right now I think um the author has to have thought about what is actually interesting to other people about their books I think a lot of people write what's interesting to them but they don't necessarily pick out what other people are going to find interesting about the books so I always find it's it's useful to ask authors to try and write some selling points or to write 150 words about the book because that forces you to to think about what is it about the book that's going to grab somebody's attention. Because in a bookshop, people are just going to pick up, read the blurb, and they're either interested or not. So you, you've got a small you, – you'll know this from local media. You know, I was going to say, it sounds exactly – yeah, it sounds exactly like um, publishing a, a local news website, really. It, uh, yeah. <laughs> it sounds exactly like that. Um, just, to, just to finish off, Anne, I know you, meant, you mentioned, and this had come up on the emails that we'd exchanged previously, you mentioned um, uh, an in-house uh, book designer or uh, yeah. artist. How does, how, what, what, does, what, does she, what does she do, what, aside from designing book covers and stuff like that? But, you know, they, they say don't judge a book by its cover. How, how does that? sort of fit in with everything because you you do I, th I think ultimately you do judge a book by its yes. cover I mean we, we were founded by an artist so we've always had that kind <laughs> of aspect to our work and we have a couple of uh, local artists who um, work on a lot of our book cover designs for us Sally Castle and Martin Andrews um, and Nadia has been the book designer for the press for for many years um so she does the layout of the books but also uses the artwork to create book covers and um you know the design of our books is very important to us we're very proud of the look and feel of our books and i think it distinguishes us from a lot of other small local publishers who often don't have professional designers working on their covers they, they are very standout they are very um you, you know, you know, you're looking at a Two Rivers Press book when you when you when you see uh, when you can see the covers and what's going on. So, ah, that's that's really good. So, how how would people find out about Two Rivers Press? How do they get in touch with you, Anne? Uh, website is the best place to look. TwoRiversPress.com. Um, if you want to see the books in the wild, and say uh, Risk has most of our books. W. H. Smith's Museum and Four Bears Bookshop in Caversham. But the website place to go, and we love to get website orders. And we hope there's something that people will be interested in. <laughs> Fantastic, Anne. Thank you very much for joining me today. That's, uh, that's lovely. Thank you very much, Tom. The Big Interview.
I very much enjoyed talking to Anne. Um, Two Rivers Press, I think, are one of those. I, I think I said in the interview, Hugh, they kind of underpin a lot of the facts and information that we know about Reading, a lot of the stuff. They do. I've got loads of them. I've got loads of their books. Mm. I've got, I've, I've, and they, uh, they, they're great for reference and information and picking out quirky little things about the town. Um, so yeah, long, long, may it continue. It sounds, it sounds like they're, uh, they're going from strength to strength. And, and Anne did say they've got a few projects in lining being lined up as well, which are quite exciting. Um, one thing I just wanted to bring to everybody's attention was uh, we talked about when Reading rocked the book um, by the guys from the Sound Machine in Harris Arcade that is published by Two Rivers Press. Um, and mentioned to me there's actually a YouTube playlist as well, which is well worth checking out. Um, I'll put that in the show notes, which you'll be able to access uh, on your uh whatever your podcasting app device is it, there'll be a link in there to a youtube playlist so um thanks very much for that hugh thank you for your time um here's jeremy with how you can get in touch with us if you want to have a chat get in touch with the team email hello at realreadingpodcast.co.uk find us on twitter and instagram at realreadingpod and join our facebook group by searching Real Reading Podcast. That's quite enough for this week. We'll be back next week with plenty more. Um, you never know. We might have Rach and Hugh and Paul. You never know. All in all in the same place. That would be that would remains be the dream. Yes. Um, obviously, we're still looking for people to speak to. So uh, do let us know if there's someone you think would be good to chat to. And if you have a moment, please give us a rating and a review on your podcast app. We'll be back next week for more Reading Geek Podcast goodness. Bye. Bye. You're listening to The Real Reading Podcast.